When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Right there. Okay? So lock this away. We got a hell of a week ahead of us. We're traveling to a different continent to take this flag, this belief, this understanding of who the... We are a football team and go on the road with this thing. All right, you guys with me? That's my coach. That's my coach on a victory Monday. Hold on. Two and one. Hold on. It's new. We it's got new. a victory flag. It's victory new flag. and it's glorious. It's a victory it flag. Is. Look at that. Look at that flag. Look at that thing fly, baby. Look at. Oh, man. The control is unbelievable. <laughs> I feel Phenomenal. Like, I feel like, wait, I feel like the the pull of that flag is much stronger than the... Uh, yeah. than the, the ratio of... Uh, how do I say this without yeah. being clipped for social... The ratio of pole to flag. Yes. Yes, it's very... You know why? Because it's supposed to hang, like, from, like, the your pole? car, I think, or oh, something. The, the pole is... To... And then, yeah. So, anyway, no, but I got this flag. The hardware store. Friday, I stopped in to get uh, to get some stuff, and I saw this flag. 12 bucks. I'm like, this wow. has got to be on the show, baby. I think so. I think you have to... I think on Victory Monday, you probably have to put it on the top of your car and just drive around the yeah. neighborhood this to is, go to the grocery just talking. store. Yeah, just, just talking. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a victory flag for the Timberwolves, victory flag for the Wild, uh, the Twins. We, uh, yeah, yeah, didn't really yeah, deserve yeah, a victory uh-huh. flag, but uh, it's our victory flag for the Vikings here on a Victory Monday, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology and a victory sip for many people on a can of Surly last night. Could have been a Before I Die. Could have been a Furious. Could have been a Logic Bomb. Yes. A lot of victory toasts going around last night. Yeah, there, there was a, in fact, a four-pack of Before I Die very conveniently located in the Zolgad refrigerator when I got home last night. And I said, you know, after a football game like mm-hmm. that, uh, just uh, a hair of your chinny-chin-chin win, what do I need? And I said, I need a Before I Die. And let's not forget, the Vikings maintain now going to 2-1, and one, over 500 for the second time already this season with Before I, I Die. I decided yesterday... That that what we want is before I die to turn into a new beer next year, simply called Mission Accomplished. 
or or we turn our attention toward a dynasty. We can have a mission accomplished. <laughs> well, we'll get mission accomplished. We can first. Have Don't dynasty, get greedy. Dynasty, and then dynasty, parallel. and then that can be the next year. <laughs> Once they're two time defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if people just heard the stat that you threw out, but the Vikings had a nine hundred, I think nine hundred seventy five day run, not being above five hundred. A mm-hmm. nine hundred seventy five day run where they weren't above five hundred. Mm-hmm. Now they've been above five hundred twice this month already. Oh, get the flag! Get the flag. Get the flag. I gotta get the flag out. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna wave it properly get this the time. Flag. I'm gonna be a little bit less so it doesn't get wrapped around itself anymore. There you go. Here's the flag. I love how this whole time you've actually had a Vikings pennant flag above your head for like the three That's years you've been true. doing this show on YouTube. Could have probably just, could have just grabbed that one. For oh, then he's got to no. take it down. And then he, then That's he's, last game at the Met. No, he, I okay, can't you know, take you know, that okay, down. Okay. Then he puts a That's, hole in a pipe. You know, it's the last thing. You don't want to. You don't want to mess that okay. up. Now you're just now you're just mocking me. Yeah. <laughs> that thing will fall apart. I can't do do that. That thing will absolutely fall apart. That's from 1981. So uh, let's get into it here, our, our uh, Victory Monday show on Purple Daily. We'll start with Judd. We'll go around the room here. Give us your hottest, strongest, most scintillating Vikings take off of yesterday's game. Uh, well, well, there's lots to get to off of this, but I'm going to go through, because we, we saw things on Twitter, uh, and certainly during the approximate hour and a half that we did the post-game vet line show, we got a lot of takes like this. And my hottest take about the Vikings off of yesterday's game is this. And it actually involves the fans more than the Vikings. We need to change our expectations of what we think we should be watching. Yesterday was, so I understand and I get this, okay? The last two years were hard to watch. Like they were joyless exercises in football, which really sucks because it's once a week and it's it's supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the last two years really turned into just a joyless experience where coach and quarterback did not get along. Um, hell, you you beat the Lions in similar fashion a year ago in October at the same stadium, and coach and quarterback almost, we found out, got into a fight, a literal fight, okay? So, so my strongest take is, one, enjoy this, because it was a win. Two, this is very much how teams regularly win. Go back and watch Sunday's games, a lot of ugly... Oh. Ugly, Sinai ugly football. football. The, but Broncos. You got, the Broncos. The yeah. Broncos won God. this way. It was much uglier, but yeah. but you got to win. In three, understand that just because the game's closer, the Vikings don't play well. If they they win, it's not the disaster that the last two years sort of foreshadowed from there. So my strongest take is: yes, that game was not, for the most part, fun to watch. Enjoy it. It's yes. not. You know what? They won it, and I, I mean, this is coming from. A guy who loves to pile on things. And, like, if this looked wrong, like last year, it, the win against the Lions in October was like, okay, that really didn't feel like a win. Well, because it was the end of, like, a eight-year Zimmer run. And yeah, it, felt like, exactly. it felt like the end of something. Exactly. And and remember, if they had lost that game, there was a feeling that Mike might get fired the next day immediately. Yeah. So the point being is, let's not take everything and try and equate it. Yes, the Vikings can improve in leaps and bounds in areas, and for all we know, they might. But let's also basically just acknowledge and move on that this team is 2-1, and, and that's not a bad start. Yeah, I think... Uh... 
There's definitely a lot of things to nitpick, and we will get into our nitpick segment later on in the show here. But overall, this is a pretty accurate picture of where they're supposed to be after three games. Like, they're, they weren't yeah. going to be 3-0 and after three games. Sorry, Declan. I know Declan had them 4-0 yeah, after the yeah. first four games. Yeah, it was very, very unlikely. So if you just zoom out for a second and kind of get out of the weeds and, okay, they're going to be 2-1 and after their first three games. They're going to win both their division games. And uh, they're going to have a fourth quarter comeback in one of those games too. And it's gonna it's gonna be kind of a great sign going forward. I think there's a lot of things to fix, as Kevin O'Connell said in his. Uh, I thought it was an excellent post game speech. It was it hit all the right buttons. It was we still kind of suck, but we believe <laughs> yeah. like it was it was great and it yeah. fired the troops up. But we've got by by we I'm not saying every fan and media member, but there's a large chunk of people that believes that. Unless you win a game perfectly, right? You've you've got to score thirty four points and have an amazing offensive effort, and your defense has to be dominant. It's got to be a thirty four to ten victory, you know, just like we see at, at the peak of different Viking seasons. The reality is, you might have one or two of those. A good team might have one or two of those. There's a lot of games like this where, and by the way, I don't think at the end of the year, I don't think a loss at Philadelphia is going to be something that you say, "Oh my God, how could we have." And I don't think a close, hard-fought game against Detroit at the end of the year is going to be something you look back on and say, oh, my God, how could we, you know? So I'm kind of with you. I think these games are going to be, especially early in the season, most of these games are ugly and atrocious, and you just have to win them and keep pushing forward and smooth things out as you go. And they did yesterday. And I didn't like the Philadelphia game because I didn't feel that they showed up prepared like it felt it felt off it didn't feel it didn't feel like that they were uh, prepared to, to yeah. play but yet as we discussed they had the window open for them to win a lot and that's what you have to do and look i think it's very simple in this league if you can overcome uh, three quarters of flaws to play a good fourth and and win it puts a lot of cologne on the stench and that's just how the league operates so like if you come back and win Good for you. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll give you my hottest, strongest, most aggressive, scintillating Vikings take here. I think people are overreacting to the Vikings' defense. Mm. Now, I will say, there's definitely things to nitpick. Mm-hmm. There's definitely things, especially in the first half of the Eagles game. There's, 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 there's some gaping holes in the running game. But again, this goes to expectations. Oftentimes we think, if it doesn't look like the 2017 Vikings' defense then something is terribly wrong, right? Well, uh, the Vikings so far this season are giving up 18 points per game. The NFL average team gives up between 23 and 24 points per game. So by if you, if you just look at the result, the output of points, the Vikings defense has actually been well above average so far this year. Now, if you dig deeper into, like, yards per play and... Some of the other metrics that, like, you know, even like rushing yards per carry against all this stuff, there's a lot of process related things that don't seem sustainable. And so they have to get some of that stuff fixed. But at the end of the day, they've allowed a huge chunk of yardage, but they've been pretty damn good in the red zone largely. So they've, they've, they've been a classic bend but don't break defense. Maybe Philly took their foot off the gas pedal in the second half thinking that game was over. Uh, the Vikings aren't getting enough pressure for my liking, and Lewis Seen's not on the field. So there are things to look at. But at the end of the day, when you're allowing 18 points per game, which is a touchdown better than average, 
it doesn't equate to the amount of freaking out that I hear across the board from Vikings fans and media. Oh, my God. The defense, this, this. Yeah, the defense has been leaky. But uh, I think you would I think you would take 24 points and take your chances in a lot of these games with this offense. So, yeah, so I, I you guys agree it, or disagree? I, I agree. I also don't know necessarily that across the board the personnel is right yet. Like you, Chade, you morphed into a different scheme completely. So I think that there are, there are definitely some veteran guys who I'm curious to see, A, if they improve, or B, if they're just sort of aging out and the scheme is going to call uh, for them to do more than they're probably capable at this point in their careers. But, yeah, when you look at the points, I mean, what, three games, no points in the fourth quarter? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a goose egg the last two weeks for sure in the fourth quarter. And was Green yeah, Bay, Green, a Green Bay get a, too. I don't think they've allowed they get a touchdown a garbage time or something. Point. I don't think they, they may have allowed a field goal against uh, Green Bay, oh. but I don't think they have a lot of touchdown in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not I, – I don't see a lot of things here three games into O'Connell's tenure that are worth, quote, unquote, freaking out about. Like it's three games into his tenure. It's we freaked out about Mike because it was eight years into his tenure. Yeah, and you know what? On the on the other side, the coach that people are freaking out the most about, Nathaniel Hackett, and I do think there's some major red flags there. He's two and one. The Broncos are two it's and one to start the season. He had a few doozy decisions in last night's game too. I love this league. <laughs> it's a it is a great league. Crazy league. <laughs> All right, Declan, your hottest, strongest Vikings take. Uh, my hottest, strongest take is the Kirk Dagger is the exact blade that this team needs. So trailing by 10 points on multiple occasions, the Vikings needed a dagger from Kirk Cousins. And damn it, he delivered. How many times has that dull knife that is Kirk Cousins come out there and not been able to cut up the defense and deliver when it matters most? Whether the Lions or Man Campbell handed him the opportunity or not, Kirk Cousins delivered. It's the seventh fourth quarter comeback for him, uh, but... When, when Cousins does that, you don't have to apologize for this win. As Judd said, it's an ugly win, but you don't have to apologize if Kirk Cousins goes out and does that. The Lions had a 93% chance to win this game, according to ESPN's FPI, with 220 to go. 93% chance to win it. And yes, a little bit of self-sabotaging by the Lions. But I can live with some of the bad Kirk possessions if you have the cold-blooded killer moments that he did with the dagger win. So Kirk Cousins, keep giving us the dagger moments. That's my hottest, strongest. Nobody licks the blood off of a dagger Ah. in a noon game against the Lions. Then Kirk Cousins, Cousins, man. (laughs) So this is the third double-digit comeback in his Vikings career. The other two were Week 18 last season against the Bears. They were down 14 rip. And then uh, week 11 against the Broncos in 2019, they were down 20 to nothing at halftime. And there was a graphic on the broadcast that said this is only the, I think, the first time since 1979 that the Vikings have had two double-digit comebacks in the same game. And double-digit comebacks aren't, you know, they're not like a, you know, a, a, an animal in the jungle that you're, it's not like Bigfoot sighting. It happens across the board on a regular basis where oh, you're down 10 nothing or 13-3 early. You come back. Maybe they get another lead in the second half. So that was an amazing stat. But Kirk wiped it all away on one Sunday. Noon games against the Lions. Do not step up on Kirk Cousins. He also did it on a day in which he really scuffled and struggled and looked unconfident at times, which to me impressed me because it feels like that's where – that's where we've previously lost the patience. 
that that it's hard to get it's it feels like it's hard to get Kirk back in the games in which things are really disintegrating and not going right. And you know, through I I looked up the stat like I think it was early in the fourth quarter he had like 151 yards passing. I mean, he they were not playing well. And that last drive was really impressive. I I'm telling you that is the drive that how long have we been asking for that drive, which is not a which is not a, you know, sort of fluky little, I mean, he made two passes back-to-back to uh, Osborne that were good. The Osborne touchdown, he found the open man, pulled the trigger. Like, those, that's one of the main things I feel like that we've been asking Kirk Cousins for since the day he got here, and it felt like he wasn't consistently by any means coming close to delivering, and if anything, he was shrinking, and in this case, he rose to the occasion. Well, he consistently delivers that exact drive against the Lions almost well, every time. He did for the field play. goal last year, yeah. And he did it he did it in the other game too. I'm pretty sure and then then the Lions I think he did it and then the Lions came back down and Jared Goff hit a dagger on his own. I'm pretty sure Kirk took a lead in the fourth quarter of, of well, that he, game too. He definitely he definitely was great uh in in the, the game where he darn near got in the fight with Zimmer, he delivered a really. I think they started at like their own goal line or the or the two, and he got him to where Joseph made the kick. Uh, but but my point is, this is still a step for Kirk. Like like the KOC Kirk partnership took a step. That's a nice step. That's a nice drive. Yeah, so, because and again, full credit it, again. The, the Lions point. are better this year, but the Lions are still like they're like the training wheels version of this where you. There's going to be a game that for three and a half quarters is just doesn't feel right. The defense isn't letting you get what you want. Maybe you're losing. Maybe you're down by double digits. And you need your head coach, offensive-minded head coach, quarterback partnership to just save it at the end. Correct. And if this was a video game, you would start off on level one. Okay, let's try it. Let's try it against the Lions. Or you would have maybe worked your way up a couple levels Two weeks ago, and okay, now you're going to try it on the road Monday Night Football against the Eagles. Yep. And you wah, wah, boom, boom, boom. And then you go back to level one, and it's the Lions. And then maybe uh-huh. level two is a, a, a fairly competitive Saints team in London. And maybe at some point, maybe it, then you get to the the Bills level or so. Like, we need, to, we need to see it against teams that aren't the Lions and the Jaguars, I think, were one of his game-winning drives a couple of years yes, ago. I agree. Um, but... But yes, yesterday was exactly what you needed in the final few minutes of that game. Are you guys ready for a pie chart? Yeah. Divvy up some praise here on Purple Daily. We're going to get to a pie chart of praise here in just a brief moment. But uh, anybody score big on underdog fantasy this weekend? Football weekend? Uh, yeah, a little, little bit of quarterback cesspool. I, that's my new thing now in underdog fantasy. I'm now just picking fading, quarterbacks, fading quarterbacks, fading quarterbacks to throw interceptions. <laughs> and Joe Flacco threw an interception. Uh, Matt Ryan did not, but I still was able to get the payout because the insurance mode is on an underdog fantasy, so that helps. There you go. So, there you so go. There, there's plenty of <laughs> options. You can do the hires. You can do the lowers. Uh, there's great options on underdog fantasy. And if you join with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, they'll match your first deposit. Up to $100. It helps us out, too, at Score North. So uh, download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit. The Underdog Fantasy app. Go download it today. Gentlemen, I, uh, I'm i double dipping in Chill Boys right now. No, I do not have two pairs of boxer briefs on. I have one pair of boxer briefs. All right. And this glorious, most comfortable hooded sweatshirt. I have... 
probably 15 hooded sweatshirts in my rotation, and it is now approaching hooded sweatshirt season. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is definitely rising the ranks. If I were to give you guys a pigskin pecking order of just oh. my most comfortable hooded sweatshirts, I think Chill Boys is in a battle for the top spot. Uh, it's some sort of ridiculous fabric blend. And you guys, 15% discount right now mm-hmm. on all products. 15% off your first purchase on chillboys.com using SCORE15, S-K-O-R-15 as a promo code. Mm. S-K-O-R-15? Yes. All right. Yeah. That looks really nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's the, Q- uh, it's the QB1. Different colors. It's the QB1, oh, like okay. we were talking about you know, a few weeks ago. It's the QB1 of underwear. Now it's the QB1 of hoodies. It's, it's literally it's, yeah. the, it's your QB1. Yeah. And the QB1 of losing weight is uh-huh. Livia around here, where Judd is uh, a year into it and keeping it out. A lot of people, like, they'll lose weight, and then they're just fat again, like, six months later. Well, Not Judd. We don't like to say fat. They, sorry. Okay. They, they, they struggle with their weight. I'm sorry. But, it's my fault. That was my yes. word, not yours. Exactly right. Uh, down for, 40 pounds. And the most important thing, keeping that weight off. As Phil said, Dawn joined. She's down 16 plus, uh, plus pounds. Chris Ron, our buddy who is in sales for us, he's down 10 plus pounds because you know what? This works. And I want you to join us now in our weight loss journey and the journey to keep that weight off you'll receive eight weeks for free your first eight weeks for free and the new flex program lets you enjoy the foods you love fruit pasta and even bread 855 go l-i-v-e-a livia.com l-i-v-e-a.com is your ticket to weight loss now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. All right, we're rotating chefs this season here, and Declan has had, I don't know, like 18 hours only to prepare this mm-hmm. this glorious pie here. So yeah. he has been up all night. He's been mm-hmm. baking this pie chart of praise. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll throw it to Dex here for a pie chart of praise. You know, there, there's trial by error with pies. You know, I, I'm more of a French silk pie kind of guy. That That's my go-to pie. In fact, like if I have a birthday, I don't ask for cake. I ask for a French silk pie. I've been asking for that yeah. since I was like a teenager. You know, like whatever whatever kind of pie you like, it's up to you. But that that's my pie. That's that's my go, go, go-to one. So there's always changes into it. But uh, with my pie chart of praise for the Vikings win over the Lions, I have five pieces of pie. Five pieces okay. of pie. I'll start from the bottom, work my way up, but the first three pieces of pie are also all the same equivalents. So 15%. There's three 15% chunks in this chunk of pie. I'll start with the first 15% chunk. 15% to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions for being kind of buffoons at the end, but also the defense took a lot of dumb penalties towards the end. The Vikings were able to march down the field on a multiple occasions because of DPIs and illegal contact, with which the league is also emphasizing. Um, so Dan Campbell's decisions, who was great on going for it on fourth down all game long, decides not to go for it, kicks the field goal. I actually like the conspiracy theory that with the doors open and a windy day in Minneapolis, why were we kicking multiple? There was multiple 50-yard kicks being uh, used yesterday. So 15% of the pie... To the Lions. The, the Lions kind of helped the Vikings to a win to a degree here. So 15% to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Okay. I have more thoughts on that in a, in a debut segment later on. So nice. let's, let's hold our thoughts on that subject okay. until later on, uh, debut segment. All right. Uh, next 15% of pie to Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook was mostly an afterthought in the Week 2 game against the, against the Eagles. 
Kevin O'Connell wanted to focus on him getting the ball more. Dalvin was great. I know he left with the injury, but 17 carries, 5.6 yards a carry, 96 yards. He found the end zone for the first time this season. Dalvin Cook, they wanted to establish the run, and they were able to do that. And I could actually really include the Vikings running game in general. Alexander Madison stepped in when was called upon, and he was also pretty solid. The Vikings as a team rushed for 123 yards yesterday, just under five yards a carry, a couple touchdowns. I know we all want to pass the ball, and the Vikings should be still focusing on passing the ball, and obviously Kirk delivers the strike at the end. But 25 carries, you rush for over five yards, 123 on the ground, so 15% of the chunk to Dalvin Cook and the Vikings running game. All right, I have a question for you guys, and this is I'm, don't kill the messenger here. I got this Uh-oh. question from some people on Twitter. I just want to bring it to the show, and I've wondered the same thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. So he runs into the back of Ezra Cleveland, fumbles, and then goes down like you know, like a sniper got his shoulder or something. Yep. And then he was out for the rest of the game. Yep. And then he was mostly just like hanging out in a hooded sweatshirt for the rest of the game. They ruled him out pretty quickly. And then after the game, he told Kevin O'Connell, I'm good to go next week. Good to go next week. And Kevin's like, okay, we'll do, we'll do some testing, yeah. but right. okay. Right. My question on behalf of the audience is, did Dalvin Cook go to the Xavier, Rood, uh, Xavier Rhodes school of trying to save face by potentially over-enhancing an injury oh, wow. when something bad happens to you on the field? How so, is he just good? Yeah. He's just, I'm just good to go next week. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's suspicious, but I will I will say this. So uh, um, Tom Pelissero, our friend and former cohort, who is now at NFL Network, tweeted this, and this is this is important because I thought the same thing because he is always hurt. Anytime he fumbles, he's hurt. Tom tweeted that Dalvin Cook's shoulder dislocated again, as it has oh. in the past, and he'll be okay. Per sources, Cook has an un. Unre- Paired labral tear and wasn't wearing a harness. The hope is that he then can wear one against the Saints. Anyway, um, this sounds like a chronic problem. Where why doesn't he just out. always wear a harness then? That's a very this happens every year, doesn't it? Now you're shooting the messenger because I have no idea okay. why, but your question makes perfect sense. Yes, it pops out consistently. I think after he ran into Cleveland, he fell to the ground and was landed on, and the shoulder popped out. Okay. Ugh. So I think it's real, but it's a continuing problem. It w- and let, let, let's let's also uh, make a ruling on this. Was it a butt fumble? Because he he Ooh. ran into the back of Cleveland. I'd have to see it again. Did the did yeah. the back cause the fumble, or did Cleveland's butt cause the fumble? We had a butt punt yesterday. You had a butt punt. That was the more of the butt play. Yeah. Fr- friend of the show, Thomas Morstead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Came on our show during and, Super Bowl week. And Garoppolo <laughs> stepped out of the back of the end zone for a safety. Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky. You and I were both covering that game, 2008. Jared, oh, Jared chased him out and then was pointing at the end line. He's like, he's out of bounds. What's hilarious is Jimmy G last night, he kind of sensed he was on the line, and he kind of like got up on his toes and tried to, but he, he you know his toes were both <laughs> on the line. Yeah. Dan Orlovsky was like three yards deep into the white area. Had no idea that he Full was running. Full CFL. <laughs> He went full <laughs> CFL on that play, Orlovsky. Oh, man. Amazing. All right. The Rock knows back to the pie chart. All right. The next chunk of pie, it is the last chunk of the 15 percenters. Uh, it goes to K.J. Osborne. So K.J. Osborne obviously hauling in the game-winning touchdown. Five catches, 73 yards, uh, eight targets. He was, he was, they were focusing on him. He actually delivered. He's been really quiet through the first two games. He deserves plenty of praise. He was able to find the open field. He waves down Kirk. And actually, in Kirk's postgame game. Uh, clip 
He wasn't expecting K.J. Osborne to be wide, that wide open. He was actually looking for Adam Thielen. But K.J. wide open, was able to deliver the strike. He hauls it in. No drops. We've had some drop issues across the board with a few Vikings receivers so far this season. But K.J. Osborne deserves credit. He caught the game-winning touchdown. He gets on the pie chart of praise, so 15% to him. You should have games like this, especially mm-hmm. if, if you're going to tell me, all right, they're pretty much going to take Justin Jefferson out of the game, which is an inexplicable thing that we can talk about then K.J. Osborne needs to go catch five or six passes for 75, 80 yards and have a big 28-yarder to, to seal the deal. You can't, the knows how you feel about you can't take Justin Jefferson out to the extent that they did and not have a bunch of other guys that are yeah. just available either through scheme or Kirk or yeah. whatever. So, Irv Smith, catch the damn football, okay? You're making me look bad. That's okay, but you bought some Johnny Munt stock yeah, before the year, too. I did. You diversified my, your Vikings dro- tight end take portfolio, so... That drop, oh my god, that was a bad Johnny drop. Munt is like your dodge coin from like early, yeah. late 2020. You were on that before anyone else was. You were buying, yeah. like, or like buying Zoom stock before the pandemic ever hit. Like you were, yeah. you were in on that early, man. <laughs> I'm Bill Gates, baby. I'm Bill Gates. Yeah. I'm discovering. <laughs> Keep going. Um, oh, yeah. Just, uh, just uh, you know, treat your wife better. Then. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Bill Gates does. Okay, let's keep going. Fourth piece of pie. Fourth piece of pie. Kevin O'Connell, 25%. Now, uh, you, you might be able to say, like, oh, things were a little muddy. Things were a little murky. Offense was clunky at times, but he was able to still cook up a stew to beat the Detroit Lions. And now I think some of this is a little biased because I watched that post-game clip no less than five times yesterday of him rallying his troops and, and just handling that adversity. And that's what he's talking about. Things aren't always going to go your way, but this team can still rise up and deliver. And that comes from coaching. The Vikings haven't allowed points in the last two minutes of a game yet how many times did that happened last year so many times it set an nfl record that comes down to coaching this comes down to coaching so kevin o'connell might not be as pretty it might not be stomping on the other team like the vikings did in week one against the packers but he's the leader of the team he had this group ready to play 25 percent of the chunk of pie to kevin o'connell the head coach of the yeah. vikings one thing I, t- I told you guys this on Ventline yesterday one thing i noticed a couple times on the broadcast was you know a drive would end the offense was sputtering early and stuff, and then Kirk would come to the sidelines, and boom, like, first guy to sit there and have a brief conversation with him about whatever it was. What did you see? This, that. They're, they are strategizing and collaborating, KOC and Kirk Cousins, in-game, which sounds like such a low bar to clear for a coach-quarterback relationship in football in 2022, but it was a necessary low bar to clear for this organization because that wasn't happening in-game for years. And you know a small thing that, that I don't think that, that we discussed on Ventline, but it's actually pretty important to how that game came to its conclusion. Kevin O'Connell's use of the clock, his timeout usage. Now, I question the first one, which I think came before the Lions field goal attempt that went w- wide right. I questioned at the time live that one. Uh, but ultimately, he did a pretty damn good job of stopping that clock and actually um giving his giving his team enough time which again to your point Phil it should be a low bar to clear but we all know it's not in this town did a good job with the clock yeah yeah he I, I'm trying to remember how they used their second half timeouts they did before they were, the two minute warning they burned them all yeah they burned them all leading up to the two minute warning and then uh, the Lions kicked that field goal with a minute 14 so the Vikings the Vikings had no timeouts. Correct. When they got the ball back, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just another reason why the decision to kick that field goal is so ridiculous. But we'll, we'll, the Rock we'll knows get there. how you feel about pie. All right, last chunk of pie for me. 
30% to the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Uh, just kind of reiterating what I said in my hottest stake. When you have a quarterback who can give you the dagger moment like Kirk delivered, his seventh, uh, fourth quarter comeback, you get a lot of big pie chart of praise. It could have easily wilted. You could have very easily wilted in the final drive, and he did not. He finds K.J. Osborne, and he makes up for it, right? I mean, I, I know the possession before when the Vikings went, uh, they turned the ball over on downs, and were still able to make the stop to get the ball back. Not exactly the most prettiest of drives there, but Kirk delivered in a clutch moment. He deserves credit for it. So I will give the final 30% chunk of pie to the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. So my pie chart of praise for the Vikings win over the Lions, 15% to the Lions and Dan Campbell, 15% to Dalvin Cook, 15% to KJ Osborne, 25% to Kevin O'Connell, 30% to Kirk Cousins. There it is. There's the pie chart right there. Joe, what do you think? How How did Chef Dex do there? I think he did fine. I think he did fine. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any obvious omissions but i don't think so um because it's not like it's not like there was a particular player on defense who had a great day i mean smith and hunter were sort of now smith did come on in the fourth quarter uh but it wasn't like i saw them a a lot so no i think there was your pie chart decks was french silk extraordinaire Went to the top. The top bananas and cream for me. Yes. It was, yeah, it was like just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we had Alex Boone give his pie power rankings last week on trenches. Joe, what are your what are your top three pies? What do you get into? Oh, if, if, given, the, if given full freedom, um, I, banana cream. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a banana guy. No, not a banana guy. Banana cream. I love banana cream. It makes you feel like you're eating something. Uh, Get you some fiber too. Uh, pecan. Oh, oh, yes. No. Yes. No. Talk dirty. No. Pecan pie. I love pecan pie with with Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You cool can't whip. have pie without Cool, cool whip. whip. Cool Whip. Um, and what's what, what's another one I like? I like weird. That that's the thing is De- Dex's reaction does not surprise what me. What about strawberry rhubarb? Oh, that's good too. Oh, I love. I'm not. I'm not a real cake guy. Yeah, I hate cake. Take nah, dude. Jesse Pierce, friend from before we die, cake. has a very cake. strong take. She loathes like I don't really like it. Jesse Pierce hates it. cake. Get her, oh, get see, her going on it. Well, it's ninety percent batter, yeah. you know, and then it's frosting and stuff. Give I me agree. the see pies the other way. It's like fifteen twenty percent not batter, but like you know the crusted shell, and then the rest is just flavor town, man. Flavor town, yeah, just just flavor town. <laughs> And, and here's my third one. I got a third one, and Dex is going to be absolutely, I think, offended beyond belief. I like anything with coconut as well. Oh, yes. no. God. So like coconut. coconut cream. Uh, oh. Yes, coconut. Oh, God. Give me Thanksgiving. Oh. You take your apple you, and, and throw it out the window. Give me. Coconut give me that coconut. Cream. I'm with Judd here. Oh, yeah, God. I, I love coconut. Hey, eating cream. almond joys, too, out of the Halloween yes. candy bag. Oh, oh. God, dude, who, do, like, who doesn't, dude? There's nothing Normal like you people. get the you get the the bite sized mm. almond joy and you oh. bite the, oh, each God, yeah, end of cool. coconut and chocolate off and then you save the almond part for the third bite. Oh, 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 oh I've never oh. done that, dude. Game changer. I love coconut. No, I'm game a changer. huge coconut no. guy. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, let's get back into dissecting this Vikings game and season from every possible oh, let's angle. Do more pie let's do right more pie talk. We'll feed this, I like this weekend. I like how Declan Friday. was repulsed by every pie. Yes. He loved pie, and he was repulsed by every pie I named. That's uh, hilarious. So, okay, when the Vikings lose, we give you silver linings to keep this show balanced. When they win, we give you nitpicks. And I think 
up until the game-winning drive, most people that watch that game and the majority of Ventline callers yesterday, if you missed that, it's available, Purple Daily YouTube channel podcast feed. Most people are ready to tear this team apart. So I'm, I'm assuming that our list of nitpicks is lengthy based on the first two and a half hours of that game. So uh, I'll give you one here to start off with. Yep. So I know that I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I, I said the people are freaking out too much about the defense, but really they're they're not breaking. They've they, they've only allowed 18 points per game through the first three. It's well above average. But if you dig deeper into the process of the defense, how sustainable is it? Mm-hmm. This is the thing that stands out the most to me. The Vikings are one of the seven worst teams in the NFL so far this year at generating pressure. Now, the good news with that is they also have one of the seven lowest blitz rates. They've only blitzed an extra man on 10% of of dropbacks so far this year. So they've been trying to get and some of this is that shell defense, right? Let's just, let's not send in, let's, let's play coverage. Let's try to get pressure with our front and go from there. Well, it's not working these first three weeks. They're not getting pressure without sending an extra man, but I agree with their strategy. You've got Zadarius Smith. You've got Daniel Hunter. I mean, DJ Wanham is decent at getting pressure and he's in the game. So Ideally, you'd like this to work to get more pressure with these guys and not have to send extra extra blitzers and take them out of coverage. But so far, it is not working that way. Uh, they are one of the worst teams in the league at getting pressure through three games. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know. So there, there was an instance, I think it was in the fourth quarter yesterday, where Daniil Hunter was moved in, into the interior. So like that that's the matchup that you basically won. It's like, oh my God, you know, a guard center trying to block him. The Lions instantly adapted and doubled them. So like, I don't know what the keys are to trying to get Smith and or Hunter freed up a bit. But, but I mean, that, that was the one thing where I thought it was supposed to be the potential element of surprise, right? Like, where are they going to line up are they going to be inside are they going to be outside you don't know and so it's going to create potential mismatches and in that instance at least it seemed like Detroit was fully prepared so I feel like there's got to be some there's got to be some better ways to disguise things because clearly he lined up there and they're like okay cool we're prepared for this so can you now create the mismatch but disguise it until late so that that the team can't immediately say He's right there. We're going to double him. I don't know, but that feels like the flaw. Yeah, and I don't I don't think the answer to this Rubik's Cube is that Daniil Hunter might be cooked. He's 28. No, I don't think, like, so, no. Tw- I think he's, he's 28. He's technically still 27. He turns 28 next 27? month. 27? Yeah, I don't think, yeah. He's co- I don't think it's, he's cooked. So but... he'll, he'll figure it out. It, may, it might just be, hey, you got to give this new system, just like the offense, you, it, it's going to take a month and a half to kind of figure this thing out, and then once once it clicks... Right, but you they they need to get more pressure. And in fairness to the Eagles and Lions, have built up their offensive lines, but that also can't be you. You can't just be like, well, I mean, they got a good offensive lines. There's no possible way to get pressure on Jared Goff and make him have happy feet. You gotta you gotta find something to uh, to fix it. So, okay, my nitpick, sure, drops. Mm-hmm. Dro- stop with the drops. And yes, I'm talking to you, Justin Jefferson. You had at least now. I thought the first the first potential drop on Sunday was not a great thrown ball by Kirk. So I think we could debate the fault there. 
but he had a pure flat out that's on you do drop irv smith i i uh came home and watched the second half last night i thought that irv smith played with the with the lions linebacker on him initially was a really tough catch it wasn't that tough a catch like yeah. you like you've got good hands I've been sitting in this chair singing your praises for how long now? Just when he's healthy, he's going to be a big part of the pass game. He is a hybrid receiver. How stupid do I feel when he, for the second consecutive week, dude, you've got to make those catches. Like, you are being integrated into the offensive passing game for a reason. Um, Kirk Cousins does not throw a lot of bad passes, in my opinion. Like, he he occasionally will throw balls away. I get that. But when it comes to actually, when there's a receiver there, it feels like often his passes are on point. But you got to catch the damn ball. And that is, I will say this, despite his age, that is the thing Thielen does so well. I think if you go back, he you rarely see him uh, botch a, a potential catch. Well, Justin and Irv, you got to do the exact same thing. My nitpick, catch the damn football when it's thrown to you, especially when it's right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben Ellefson, or is it Ben? Ben. Ben Ellefson, right? The third tight end came in, caught a couple passes yesterday too. So I feel I, they don't have, like Irv is their best option for an explosive tight end. Correct. But they don't, they don't have like you know, name the top five or six tight ends in the league. They have nothing close to a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle or anything like that. So I'm a little bit, I agree with everything you just said. I think tight end has its role in this offense, and it's not a featured role. So if they have to go with more Johnny Munt than Irv Smith at times, it's not going to cripple your offense. It would be nice to see the peak version of Irv here at some point before his contract runs out. Yes. In four months, though, right? And this is what Irv would, but this is what Irv is supposed to do that the Rams didn't have. Like this was going to be the curveball. Like, oh my God, the Rams didn't have an Irv Smith, and yeah. and O'Connell does, and now they're going to use him. So yeah, just catch the football. Like you're paid a lot to catch the football. Catch the football. Yeah. Okay. All right, Dex. What's your what's your nitpick? Uh, so my nitpick might be a little bit of a surprise, but I'm I'm just. I've seen this for years and years out with this player, and it just infuriates me. Um, my nitpick is the Adam Thielen temper tantrum that we get oh, once wow, a game. Dude. Oh, I brought that up before. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Sing, you talking about the fourth down? Sing it. Yes, the, the fourth, fourth down, down which, which it's two receivers jawing at each other. I get it. It's, it could go either way, to be honest. It could really go either way. But the jumping up and down, the exclamation of, oh, my God, I can't happen, happens with him every single time. For as much as we talk about with him being, I don't know if you you guys know this, he's from here and he was a walk-on and all this stuff. We just turn a blind eye to the temper tantrums that he throws (laughs) like a little baby every single season. He throws these temper tantrums, and I hate that. I don't like bad body language like that. I don't like people, too, that are really good players that are just complaining and whining like that consistently. The temper tantrums, Adam. Stop them. Stop the temper tantrums. Wow. You are about to get ratioed because That's I fine. brought this same thing up two years ago because I said, especially with the officials, this, like, dude, you look like a high school, entitled yeah, I mean, high school was, suburban the, the game, player. I'm going to defend Adam here. The game was bad. Bo- to me, bad body language is more like things aren't going my way. I, I'm like, I'm not getting the ball. 
and but the team is winning or you're pouting on the sideline after a bad drive. That was a game-on-the-line moment for all we knew. Like, they weren't going to get the ball back. And I watched that play back about six or seven times. When I first saw it, I was like, that's eh, pretty ticky-tack. I don't know. Like, break out of your route. It didn't, it didn't look like he made a great attempt to break out of his route. It looked like he was kind of yeah, banking right. on the flag being thrown. Yeah. But there was a handful of jersey. And I think that was the same dude that committed about 14 penalties earlier in the game, too. So it's like, this guy can't can't run a play on defense without having a penalty against him. And just like the, the big moment. So I'm, I'm going to defend him a little bit and that he thought that the game was over because of a bad call. And so he freaked out a little bit. So Jefferson got in in Philadelphia on Monday night. Jefferson got mugged on a play that the league came back and said that should have been a flag. I don't recall his helmet flying off and the gesticulating of how could you? Yeah. And I'm Justin Jefferson. No, I you know well, what but you want you want some fire and passion on one hand, right? For sure, but you can't you can't necessarily police what that fire and passion well, looks like. When the fiery well, you're passion, gonna try right now, I guess. When the fiery passion comes, <laughs> what I would consider dangerously close to drawing a flag, though the helmet comes off, the arms go flying in the air. You know uh-huh. what? If that was the first time he had d- done that, I'd be like, "Oh wow!" But Declan's right. Like, go back and watch when he doesn't get calls. It's like I'm gonna go tell my parents. Like, dude, calm down and you get go say something with your helmet on. But the whole thing is, it's an act. Well, I don't think he's acting. He's pissed. Well, yeah, but it's a, but it, it's become his act now of every, you know, helmet off, arms in the air waving. Like, how could you yes. not call that? And come on. Just be better. I get more. I actually get more mad at Kirk for just like always wearing his helmet on the sidelines uh-huh. and clenching his teeth than Adam getting mad in that situation. But uh, we'll see. We'll let the jury decide in the Purple Daily YouTube comment section. We're about to be yeah, about the, yeah, Phil's yeah, gonna Phil's yeah. gonna win this one yeah. by a mile. I'll give you one more quick nitpick here that we can dive deeper into as the week progresses, maybe on the uh, State of the Offense episode on Thursday. Kirk Cousins is officially off to a really mediocre to bad start statistically. So great job pulling the Vikings out of the muck yesterday. That's what you have to do. If you're off to a bad start in a game or a season, you still need you late in the games here. But he is 20th in QBR through three games. 22nd in traditional passer rating, 22nd in completion percentage, 28th in yards per attempt, and 27th in average air yards per throw, meaning like distance of throw. So, you know, there's despite that, they're 2-1. and one. They have a fourth quarter comeback. Yep. There's room to grow here. There's some beatable opponents on the schedule. So the the if you would have told me before, they, hey, guess what? Kirk's going to be outside the top 20 and closer to 30th in some major key categories. What's their record after three games? I would have said, ooh, lucky to be 1-2, and two, probably 0-3. Oh but mm-hmm. they're 2-1 and one, despite his mediocre start. You know what? I am fine with all of that, and here's why. The Kirk Cousins I know right now is playing for a 1-2 and two team, and his stats are great. And his defenders are saying it's not his fault. Look at his stats. Look at those glorious stats. And I'm saying I don't care what the stats are because no matter how much you want to downplay QB wins, ultimately, however you win the football game is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because how many games in his career, and he was better at this last year, did he put up glorious stats? 100%. Glorious stats. 100%. Show us your stats. Show us your stats. The flag flag waves in the breeze. But then, 
you get to the last, but the game is still close because the defense didn't do its job or whatever, and now the yeah. ball's back in your hands, yep. and yeah, the the drive that they need you to cap it off with. And again, he had like three three or four last year. He was better at it last year. But I'd, I'd rather it be this way where uh, it's kind of muddy and you're losing for chunks of time, but then boom, you flip the switch at the end of the game and your stats don't look as great, but you yeah. won the game because you came through in the highest leverage moment right. of the game, which is fourth quarter trailing, et cetera. There is no personal statistic that he could have on the final sheet yesterday that beats the 28-yard touchdown pass to Osborne. Yeah. You know, QBR is unbelievable, but they lost. That's his career. Like his yards, unbelievable, but they lost. Yeah. Give give me the damn touchdown pass and the, and, and the not great stats, and I will happily go home. He's also always been a notoriously slow starter in his career. He's had some just terrible games early, even in his Vikings tenure. So it's Kirktober that when then things started to heat up a little bit. Baby. Oh, the so calendar turns we're getting this closer. weekend. We're getting closer. It's Kirktober. How are we going to celebrate? Kevin O'Connell milking, milking everything he can from that up offense, and there's a long way to go, and that's the good news. Uh, we have we have one more thing to to get to here in just a moment, but uh, maybe we can celebrate Kirktober by uh, playing the Minnesota Lottery Vikings scratch-off game. That sounds like like a good time, huh? Yes, yes, exactly right. And speaking of Kirk, you know, when when we talk about Kirk, we always talk about his contract because he makes millions and millions of dollars. Well, with $10.2 million in total cash prizes, it is time to go big with the Lottery's big-ticket Vikings scratch game. It's so big, it has huge second-chance prizes, too. The lottery say I'm in must be 18 or older to go big 10.2 mil. You know what? That would put you in a bracket with a guy like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost anyways. Yeah, um, true. true. <laughs> also a shout out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around a bunch of Minnesota sports fans there too. They uh they ride the roller coaster with us. They've been helping businesses for over 100 years. Guided by their four cornerstones, equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. Uh, They're all about relationships. They're all about helping you maximize the success of your business through risk management tools and resources. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, gentlemen, uh, we've kind of done this segment before, but uh, more just like in passing. We're going to make it official here every single week. The segment is called, What Are You Doing, Guy? And today's guy is Dan Campbell. Oh, (laughs) Danny. You know, Dan spent the entire game (laughs) aggressively rolling the dice on fourth down. I think they had four successful fourth down conversions leading up to, like, the end of the game sequence that we're about to get to here. So you look at Dan Campbell, you think, oh, that's one of those macho football tough guys that punts on fourth and one from the 48-yard line. Yep. How many of those guys have we seen in history? I'm a tough, macho football guy, but I don't have the grapefruits to go for it on fourth down and one. Yep. Uh, Dan was the opposite throughout the entire game. And then once we got down to uh, a minute 14 to go, a fourth down and four from the Vikings 36-yard line, the Vikings have no timeouts left, and the Lions are leading this game 24-21. to 21. So you have three options on this fourth down. You can punt the ball, I suppose, and pin the Vikings back, ideally maybe inside their 10-yard line. Now they got to go at least 45 to 50 yards to give with no timeouts and a minute left to give Greg Joseph 
a reasonable chance to tie the game, right? Or 90 yards to win the game, for God's sakes. Okay. Um, you could go for it and just end the game because the Vikings don't have any timeouts. It's only a fourth and four. You're averaging five and a half yards per play in this game. Right. Or you could uh, kick a 54-yard field goal in a stadium in which, for whatever reason, whether it was just uh, uh, the wind coming in through the giant doors at the end or just kickers being bad and nervous, not a lot of kicks were going, uh, were going through the uprights from that distance. If you were to have asked the Vikings, hey, which option do you want us to go for? I think they would have said, oh, kick the field goal. Because even if you make the field goal, we still have over a minute to go, which isn't the easiest thing, but we can yes. still score a touchdown, right? Hair on fire, go down, we can cross the 50 and get a few shots in the end zone. Yes. And, uh, and they chose to get the field goal, miss it, and now the Vikings only needed like, I don't know, 20 to 25 yards to get into field goal range, and they blew right past that. So after all day being aggressive, throttle down, we're going to put our foot on their throats, and Dan Campbell cowers and decides to kick a field goal in that spot. What are you doing, guy? Come on, guy. I do not ever want to hear again, too, about – and look, I know he's likable and lovable because he's fiery and he's man, Campbell. I don't want to hear another word about this guy, though. That decision on every level was an immediate first guess stupid. It was stupidity. Remember that, and I, I don't know what, when this rule went into place, but remember the ball now goes to the spot of the miss, which was the 44-yard line. Yeah. So the, the line of scrimmage was the 36, okay? It went to the 44. I mean, there what on earth, unless that field goal, unless you said that can give us the win and ice it. And then I would still question it a little bit. But anyway, um, that what was, like, quickly, risk-reward. Risk reward because you don't win the game, like no, you said, Phil. They could still go down and try and score and beat you. In fact, Chris Chris Long and I have workshopped this theory for years and years and years. It's the three versus six point lead late in the game that I'd rather have a three point lead than a six point lead in that situation. Because if you have a six point lead, the opposing team is now hair on fire trying to score a touchdown. That if they score, will they'll beat you with an extra point and the game is over. But if it's a three-point lead, oftentimes teams will get into field goal position and then stop with the risky throws. Because, okay, we're in field goal range. We, we, the game yes. is tied. We don't now want to blow the game here. Yes. And so they'll, they'll elect to slow down, kick a field goal, or they'll like get to the edge of field goal range and get conservative, and then they'll settle for like a 52-yarder and maybe miss it. Mm-hmm. And even then, if they make a field goal, now going to overtime, still have a chance to win. But when you get so even if they make the field goal, it's like now the Vikings are like, all right, well, we got a minute left and we're going to get the ball like the 25 or the 30 and we need to score a touchdown. So we're going to be aggressive against a prevent defense. If if the if the Lions would have lined up to go for it on fourth and four and you're a Vikings fan watching on TV, aren't you pretty nervous? (laughs) Man, this team has kind of moved the ball all day. Oh, Uh, heck yeah. One five yard completion to a tight end ices the game here or a draw play up the middle or whatever. Like when the when the when the Lions run the field goal unit out, you are exhaling as a Vikings coach, as a fan. So what are you you doing, guy? I think what impacted him a little bit was on the previous Detroit drive, fourth and one, they didn't get it. And so he he got scared, but he shouldn't have. Uh, But Kevin O'Connell agrees with you because he talked post game about. I wanted to be aggressive. I wanted to make those plays. I didn't want to just try and, oh, well, well, you know, Greg Joseph field goal range. Yes. 
Um, I love the fact that he said, okay, we're at home. We're going to go for it. Like yes. that, that is, that's the mentality that we have been starved here for, for how long? Amen. Amen. All right. There's your victory Monday edition of purple daily here, daily Vikings entertainment. Don't forget. There's plenty more on this podcast feed and YouTube channel throughout the day here too, before we die with Jesse and Thor and Ross, and also Realistic Randy Rants with Declan, and we'll get you a Trenches with Boone episode here in the next day or two as well. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division-favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.